This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's other side of midnight with Frank Morano. side of midnight i'm frank morano well the world is still absolutely fascinated by albert einstein when i had dinner with william shatner last year the topic became who throughout history if you could assemble any group of people for dinner who would you pick and william shatner who was on my list of dinner companions the first person that he named was Albert Einstein. He's still depicted in movies. They're still naming children's educational videos after him. He's still a big seller for magnets. The guy has become synonymous with Jesus, and this continues to grow. His acclaim and his popularity continues to grow decades after his death. How come? What's so special about Albert Einstein? And more specifically... What's so special about his brain? Someone who has explored those questions thoroughly is the author of The Einstein Effect. Benjamin Cohen is the manager of the official social media accounts of Albert Einstein, the author of The Einstein Effect. He's also the news director of The Forward, America's oldest Jewish newspaper, and uh, a newspaper whose emails I look forward to daily. And um, Benjamin, thanks so much for joining us. Shana Tova. Shana Tova. Frank, thanks for having me on. Well, big, uh, we have a lot of Jewish listeners in our audience all over the country, Ben Yaman. Yep. Any big Rosh Hashanah plans for you this weekend? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I currently I live in West Virginia, which is not a, uh, a bastion of, of uh, Jewish community. So uh, it's no, no big plans where I am. There's got to be some matzah ball drop that you could be at at midnight, <laughs> isn't there? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, apples and honeys and matzahs, I'm sure. Excellent. Well, have fun, uh, whatever you end up doing. Uh, so, Albert Einstein, you have become so intertwined with Albert Einstein, even though you weren't old enough to have met him when he was alive. When did you first become interested in Albert Einstein, his life and his work? That's a great question. You know, I, I'm not a scientist. I like to call myself a, a likable idiot. You know, I knew as much about Einstein as most people do, you know, 
the Nobel Prize, the uh, theory of relativity, whatever that means, the wild hair. Um, but I really got fascinated with Einstein when I was in college. I, I found a book and I started reading it, and it was about uh, the pathologist who performed the autopsy on Albert Einstein when he died in 1955. And not that many people know this, but the pathologist, when he was doing the autopsy, he cracked open Einstein's head and he stole Albert Einstein's brain. Mm. And yeah, and I was, you know, and he kept it hidden for decades in his basement in a beer cooler. Um, and I was thinking, I, just like you, you're surprised at this, I was surprised at this. And I was thinking to myself, you know, how come nobody, no teacher in school ever taught me about this? And it just kind of set me on this path of like, what else about Albert Einstein don't I know? And what else can I learn? You know, quirky things, not even scientific things about Albert Einstein. And so that's kind of piqued my interest about 20 years ago. And, and I've just been obsessed with him ever since. So how much of a, you run the Albert Einstein social media accounts. How did that come to be, number one? And how much of a, a social media presence does Einstein have these days? Yeah, so I'm a journalist, and so I just started, because I'm obsessed with Einstein, I just started writing a lot of articles about Einstein, strange articles, like about the brain or about, you know, other people who are obsessed with Einstein. I, I met a guy in Connecticut who claims to have a piece of Albert Einstein's hair, uh, <laughs> and so I just started writing all these different articles, and the Albert Einstein archives noticed it, and, you know, the archives is mostly run by a bunch of academics and physics and physicists and and they're not really social media is not really their expertise and so they they hired me to run the account about six years ago and so i've been running it ever since and to answer your other question einstein uh has 20 more than 20 million followers across facebook twitter and instagram Uh, einstein i think has more facebook fans than the rolling stones than (laughs) tom hanks yeah, I think he's probably the most active dead celebrity on, on social media. So in your book, The Einstein Effect, you refer to Albert Einstein, and I don't think a lot of people would dispute this, as the first modern-day celebrity. How come? What was it about either his personality or the circumstances and the times in which he lived that enabled him to become the first modern-day celebrity? I, I think you, you asked the question perfectly because it was the time and the person. He came about at a moment when almost all of modern media was in place. Newspapers, magazines, photographs, radio, television. So I think he was at this, you know, just opportune moment in time. And also it was his personality. You know, there were so many scientists, many people this summer saw the Oppenheimer movie. Oppenheimer was not like a charismatic guy. He wasn't gregarious. Einstein was just like this beloved grandfatherly sage. Um, You know, he was not pretentious at all people could come up to him and get pictures with him and get his autograph and he was just a very sweet guy and there's a story that anytime the uh, paparazzi would chase him down the streets of new york and anytime they would see him he would take his hat and throw it in the air because he knew that would make a good photograph you know marie curie never did that (laughs) i I think i would think not hey i was going to ask you actually what did you think of uh, einstein's depiction in the film oppenheimer I think he, he should have got more screen time. <laughs> well, from what you could tell, was it an accurate depiction? Yeah, I, 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 I do. You know, Einstein and Oppenheimer were, were indeed friends. And, you know, they were both involved in the, uh, in the, atomic, in the, in the atomic bomb. But, but Einstein really, in his later years, was against, you know, he was a big pacifist. He did not like war. He was, uh, 
really advocating for um, denuclearization. And and so he really spent his his later years working towards that. And so I think he was kind of, uh, as you saw in the movie, I don't think he was too happy with what Oppenheimer and the Manhattan Project did. Yeah, I I can imagine. Uh, We're talking with Benjamin Cohen. He's the author of the book, The Einstein Effect. You can also read his work regularly in The Forward. One question that I've heard people debate a lot, and they seem to have evidence on both sides of this equation, and I'm sure that you get this question a great deal because not only of your work as an Einstein expert, but as your work being a journalist with a religious newspaper, is about Einstein's faith. Uh, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that uh, that say Einstein was an atheist. A lot of others say he did have a belief in God. As best you can tell, what does your research show about what Einstein's faith was, at least for the most, the, the, the better part of his life? Yeah, I mean, he grew up in a Jewish family, but they were not a religious family. I like to describe Einstein as a spiritual but not religious person. His family didn't go to synagogue and, you know, didn't participate regularly in those types of things. I did find, actually, in my research... Um, Albert Einstein, the rabbi who performed Einstein's uh, circumcision when he was a baby. I found the document Wow, uh, from that ceremony. But he was a very spiritual person, and especially once the Nazis took power in the 1930s, and, you know, he was deemed, you know, public enemy number one in Germany, and he luckily escaped Germany. And when he got to America, he created the International Rescue Committee, which is a refugee aid organization that still exists today, helping Ukrainian refugees today. But he launched it because he was trying to help his fellow Jews uh, escape Nazi Germany, and he did. And he actually used his own money to help relocate Jews uh, all over all over the world. And then in his later years, he was very involved in the establishment of the State of Israel. And in fact, one, there's a, uh, one of the other things I discovered during research in the book is that in 1952, the president of Israel died, and the president of Israel is like Queen of England. It's it's not a right. It's, you know, a it's more of a it's a figurehead. And so when that president died in 1952, uh, it was actually a friend of Einstein's. Uh, the prime minister asked Einstein if he would be the the president of Israel. And at the time, he was living in Princeton, and he didn't want to move. Wow. But he said, he said, I you know politely declined. I'm not really a politician, you know, and uh, but I'll do whatever I can from here. And he raised a lot of money for Israel. He was one of the founders of of Hebrew University in Jerusalem. Um, and so so I think his faith was important to him, but probably more in a, in a spiritual way than, than an actual, you know, going to services way. You, you alluded to the event that sparked your interest in studying Einstein, the theft of his brain at Einstein's mm-hmm. autopsy. Uh, one, did Einstein make any arrangements posthumously for what he wanted to happen to his brain? And uh, who who actually stole his brain? Why did they <laughs> steal it? Did you track them down? What's the full story there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would make a great movie, wouldn't it? I, oh, I, yeah. I, I, think, I think it's the greatest heist of the 20th century. Um, yeah, so Einstein made arrangements. He did not want to be uh, buried. He wanted to be cremated because... Einstein, as much as a celebrity he was, he was a reluctant celebrity, and he didn't want his gravesite to become this shrine that people would come and worship at. So he wanted to be cremated, and they did cremate his body, and the rumor is they, they um, dispersed his ashes over the Delaware River. Um, but, the, but the pathologist stole the brain, and he, didn't, he wasn't trying to be you know, grotesque or anything. He wanted to study. Einstein, as we all know, is known for his genius. 
for his smarts. And this doctor wanted to find out what was so unique about Einstein's brain. Was there something unique about Einstein's brain? And, you know, it's like a chicken and egg controversy. Was Einstein born with this special brain or did Einstein turn it into the, Einstein, you know, once he was doing all this research, did it become this great brain? And so the doctor over the years uh, cut up the brain into over 200 pieces and sent it to various brain researchers around the world. You could find pieces of Einstein's brain in, in Asia and in Hawaii. It's all over the place. And the brain researchers, they were kind of, um, there was a disagreement. Some, some of the researchers found that indeed his brain was special. And the, in the, without going into any of the science, it was unique in many ways. And some of them said it was, it was an average brain. Um, as far as what happened to the brain, so when the guy died, the pathologist uh, died in 2007, he gave it to another doctor in, in Princeton, uh, New Jersey, and I tracked that doctor down. He still has like three jars full of Einstein's brain, and I met him, and I got to hold the jars, and it was a real, speaking of spiritual, it was a real spiritual experience. You know, I'm so interested in Einstein, and here I was face-to-face holding his brain, and, and like you said, what his brain represents, you know, all these things. It was just like I, I teared up. I mean, it was such a spiritual experience for me to be holding Einstein's brain. I can imagine. But, they didn't give yeah. you any to take home, though, as a souvenir. Uh, no, no. But if you want to see a piece of Einstein's brain, you can go. Uh, the Mutter Museum in Philadelphia has, a, has some pieces on display. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Wow, uh, that's wild. So your book, The Einstein Effect, it's sort of a, a humorous look uh, at a lot of Einstein's work. Give us, uh, give us sort of a preview, a primer of what The Einstein Effect is all about. Yeah, I mean, I interview a lot of obsessives, other people who are obsessed with Einstein. So uh, I, I met uh, a Harvard researcher who is obsessed with Einstein, who is searching for aliens. He got $100 million to work on a project to search for aliens. And it's all... Well, it's Avi Loeb, on... right? Yeah, Avi yeah, Loeb. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's been a guest on this show. We're going to have him back soon. The whole chapter on Avi Loeb in the book. And, um, and he's got a new book coming out. And, you know, everything he does is, is based on Einstein's research. One of my favorite parts of the book is just showing people all the modern-day technology we have thanks to Einstein. My favorite example of that is GPS technology. We all use GPS in our cars, you know, uh, in our phones, you know, when we're dating apps. And GPS is all based on the theory of uh, relativity. Uh, again, without going into the science, the Earth is moving, the satellites are moving, we're in our cars moving. And the theory of relativity came up with a mathematical equation to take all of those things into account. And so... The next time you get a pizza delivered to your house, the pizza delivery guy found your house because of Einstein. So uh, I would thank Einstein. Uh, that's <laughs> impressive. You, you write that Einstein actually had something to do with toothpaste. What in the world did Einstein have to do with toothpaste? Uh, I don't. It's a big science lesson. Um, there's something called Brownian motion, which Einstein came up with, and it, it basically uh, has to do. It basically helps with the chemical consistency in a lot of products that we use. Uh, shaving cream and toothpaste. And uh, so that's something that, that Einstein came up with. He came up with a bunch of things 
1905, when he was only 26 years old. Historians call it Einstein's miracle year. And um, that's really when he came up with most of the stuff was when he was in his 20s, which is, which is kind of mind-boggling. We all know that uh, science changes with the more information and as things get uh, as things get more developed, both technologically and in terms of knowledge. I mean, once there was a, a very earth centric view of the universe uh, to even challenge that was considered heresy. Uh, there was a time when uh, they thought the proper treatment for a lot of different things was uh, was leeches around the time that uh, President Garfield was killed. Uh, they thought that. Uh, the thing that caused uh, sepsis was bad air, not necessarily germs. It's been about 100 years since a mm-hmm. lot of Einstein's really noteworthy theories and works. How have his ideas and his theories aged over the last century? Uh, well, I, I, they've gotten stronger. So you think about it, if you go back in time, so Isaac Newton, you know, 400 years before Einstein, you know, he came up with how the universe uh, operates, and then Einstein kind of upended Newton. And since Einstein, everything has, has everything, all the research that's been done since then has further proven Einstein's theories. There's been four Nobel Prizes in the last 20 years that physicists have won proving Einstein's theories. Uh, the most recent was in 2017, or 2018. So uh, to answer your question, uh, not only has Einstein stuff not been you know, disproven, but researchers are actually proving things that even Einstein himself couldn't prove. Einstein had come up with a lot of uh, hypotheses in his mind, and because of the technology we have today, physicists are able to prove Einstein's theory. Wow. Uh, if people are just tuning yeah. in, we're talking with Benjamin Cohen. He's the author of the book, The Einstein Effect. If you want to check out the book or some of his other work, you can go to his website, BenjaminCohen.com. That's like Benjamin with a Y in place of where the J would be. Hey, tell me about this uh, upcoming event you're doing with uh, one of my favorite actors, Mandy Patinkin. Yeah, so in my book, you know, we talked about uh, a few minutes ago about how Einstein launched the International Rescue Committee, which is this world, one of the world's largest refugee aid organizations, still active today. And Mandy Patinkin, the actor we all know and love, is also a big refugee activist. It's a big, important cause for him. And he's actually the spokesperson for the International Rescue Committee, the, the group that Einstein launched. And there's a whole chapter in the book where I interviewed Mandy about how Einstein inspired him to become an activist to help refugees around the world. And so uh, Mandy graciously agreed to do an event with me at uh, October 18th at the Stryker Center in Manhattan. Uh, if you go to the Stryker Center's website, you can uh, register there. It's free. And Mandy and I are going to be on stage talking about how uh, Einstein inspired him uh, to become a humanitarian. Wow, that's great. I'm going to try and uh, I'm going to try and be there actually, especially since it's free. <laughs> that's uh, that's <laughs> outstanding. Hey, um, I mentioned that William Shatner said that uh, Einstein was the person that, or, or one of the people that he'd most like to have dinner with. Why do you think Einstein's appeal and popularity has endured? Why are college students still putting up photos of Albert Einstein in their dorm room instead of scientists that were alive when they were? People like Stephen Hawking or even uh, other other inventors that uh, that were more well-known to a lot of the, the devices they use, folks like Steve Jobs or Bill Gates. Why is Einstein still so popular? Well, I think it's, you know, he had that look, first of all. You know, again, comparing him to Oppenheimer, he just had that that just iconic look. There's that famous photo of Einstein sticking his tongue out. You know, he was a rebel. 
and I, I just think people can relate. You know, he always had a funny quip. You know, anytime he got interviewed, he was just a very approachable character. And I think so much, I actually think he would really love social media. I think he'd be great on TikTok. You know, <laughs> he's just a very authentic guy. What you see is what you get. And that kind of stuff does really well uh, on social media. And so even though he was a, a man of the, of the first half of the 20th century, I really think he stands the test of time. And, and people today, people, like you said, people, fifth graders, little elementary school kids, if you were to say who's a genius, I bet you everybody would say uh, Albert Einstein. He just has remained this iconic character. Uh, you may have answered this question when you referenced him throwing his hat at the paparazzi or him sticking his tongue out. But was Einstein funny? Did he have a good sense of humor? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he was very uh, witty, very sardonic. Uh, people, the reporters would ask him about anything, even non-science stuff. They would just ask him about, you know, the baseball game. And, and he was just always had a funny quip. Uh, he went to red carpet events. Uh, Charlie Chaplin was a good friend of his, and they would go to red carpet events. And the, the paparazzi was more interested in Einstein than uh, than Charlie Chaplin. And um, you know, when he wrote, there's a story when he wrote a paper. It was like it was a hundred reporters standing at the doorstep waiting to see the paper, even though none of them could understand what the paper even said. <laughs> but it was they were treating it like the birth of the ro- of a royal baby or something. Uh, you know, and he, he was the most recognized human and probably the most famous person of that of that generation, more famous than the American president. And he was recognized everywhere. I mentioned. He, 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 go ahead. I was going to say one other thing. He, him and his wife went to Japan in 1922 and they were standing. They were at a hotel and they stood on the balcony of their hotel and there were just tens of thousands of people below yelling and screaming for Einstein to come and wave at them. That's incredible. One of the films uh, with Einstein as a character that does depict that sense of humor is sort of a a silly film with Tim Robbins and Meg Ryan. It's called IQ. I'm wondering, we mentioned Oppenheimer. I just mentioned IQ. What do you think is the best Einstein film or the best film that features Einstein, at least that you've seen? That IQ is one of my favorites, too, because I, I like the humorous side, uh, the lighter side of Einstein. Um, one of my favorites is, well, National Geographic a few years ago did a 10-part miniseries about the life of Einstein, which, which was really, really good. But my personal favorite is in the 1989 comedy, uh, Young Einstein. Ah. Remember that? Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> uh, but that's not necessarily to be taken as historically accurate, though, is it? No, no, it's not historically <laughs> accurate. It started a guy named, it started an Australian actor named Yahoo Serious. Uh, it was it was a big hit at, at the time. I remember. In the summer of '89. I remember. Yeah. In fact, my son, who's almost two, watches Baby Einstein, and uh, my, I'm always calling it Young Einstein to my wife, and my wife just thinks I'm being dumb. <laughs> Little does she know I'm doing an homage to that film. Hey, uh, before I let you go, uh, Benjamin Cohen, uh, people should check out his book, The Einstein Effect. You mentioned Avi Loeb. Avi Loeb is probably the most respected academic. Search for aliens in the country today. I think you uh, had a story about uh, Avi Loeb recently. As best as you can tell, how is uh, Avi Loeb's search for extraterrestrial life going? I think it's going well. You know, he spent the summer on a boat in the middle of the ocean uh, looking for uh, pieces of interstellar um, debris that landed in the ocean, and he he claims to have found that, uh, which would, you know you know, kind of prove that there is life out there uh, somewhere. 
I'm actually doing an event with Avi Loeb at Harvard uh, in January. Oh, that's going to so, be something. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you have to keep us posted on that. All right. Benjamin Cohen, uh, people should check him out in the, the forward and check out the book, The Einstein Effect. Thank you for the time, uh, Benjamin. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're welcome to give me a call. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight.